Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. But I just want to talk to you today about God's grace. And it's something that I have just learned more and more about, you know, through the, the decades of knowing God just experiencing more and more of him. And it's like a layer. I've been peeling more and more of God's grace and understanding his grace. And it's really, really amazing. And so I just want to delve into that, you know. It's been a journey. It's been a long journey at times. And it's just got me deeper and deeper into knowing who God is and how amazing his mercy and grace is towards us. Um, you know, it's often counter to the way we think, you know, grace, most of you guys know this, but grace is unmerited favor, right? We don't deserve it. You know, that song we keep singing, I think Shaker introduced it to you guys back in the day, like four months, five, six months ago. And it's, um, you know, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it, but he gives it to us anyway. And it's unmerited favor, the unmerited favor of God. I'm just going to pray real quick before we start. Father, I just thank you that you are here and you're amongst us and you want to whisper into our ears how much you love us. And it never stops. It's always there. Regardless of what we do, your love never stops and your grace is always there for us to run back to. And Father, I just ask that you reveal that to us, God, the depths of your grace and your love towards us, that we would truly understand it in the depths of our heart. I pray for any distraction to be removed, God. Let your spirit come and do what you must. Every word that I speak that's not from you, God, let it be gone, God, in the wind. But every word that is from you, let it resonate in our hearts, God. In Jesus' name. You know, God reminds us over and over again. I'm going to read some stuff here because sometimes I'll, I'll be praying ahead of time and I like to be more accurate. So I'll write it down and then I'll read it out sometimes. So I'm going to read some of this stuff. But, um, you know, God reminds us over and over again how faithful he is. It's, it's, it's like I was saying before, it's counter to the way we think in culture and society. Often it's, hey, relationships, education, jobs. It's all merit-based, right? We've got to do something to earn something. Yet God is just the opposite. He just gives it to us. And this is how amazing our God is. Amazing our God is. He just gives it to us. And, and, and there's, a, there's a psalm that, that just keeps coming to me. And it's Psalm 103. And it says, as far as the east is from the west, you know, so far he's taken our sin from us. You know, how many of you guys know that, that verse? From Psalm 103. Yeah? As far as the east is from the west, so far he's taken our sins from us. So let's just delve into that really quickly. It says, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. I'm going to read a lot of passages. I love the word. It's just, you know, it's just bare. It's just laid down. Right? And, and, we, can, and we can let the Holy Spirit speak through us through his word. So we'll just follow along here. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. 
He does not punish us for our sins. No, He does deal harshly with us as we deserve. For His unfailing love towards us who fear Him is as great as the heights of the heavens above the earth. That's a lot of love, right? Think about that. As far as high as the heaven is from the earth. Think of the space that covers from here to up there. That's a lot of love that he has for us. He's removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. That's a long distance. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. You know, it's easy to under, it's it's easier to understand that if you've had a good father, right? But if you've had a father who hasn't been that great to you, it's a lot harder to understand that. But God is a compassionate God. And that's it. His word is true, and everything else that contradicts that is a lie, right? His word is true. Everything that contradicts that is a lie. And so are we going to believe his word, believe what he says to us? Are we going to let it seep into our hearts? Are we going to open up the windows of our soul to what he has to say to us? Are we going to receive what he has to say to us? Or are we going to walk in unbelief and kind of reject what he's saying? You know, I think sometimes, I know in my life, sometimes there's been barriers to me receiving from God. Uh, because I just, I just don't believe. I mean, I've been in the faith a long time, and there have been seasons in my life where things haven't quite sunk in because they've been muted to me, right? They've been muted. You hear a word over again, like God's grace, and over time it gets muted. And so what we've got to learn to understand is we've got to peel back the layers and truly delve and meditate on his word because there's so much depth to that. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so much is His love towards us. That is huge. That is such a huge blessing, especially when we, un- we can't truly understand grace if we don't understand our state of being. Right? If, we're think- if we think we're all that, whatever. I'm entitled, right? <laughs> right? And so grace doesn't mean as much to me. But if we think, if we understand the sense of our depravity and our sin, then we know the depths of the grace and the love of God. Then we get it. Then it's, it's a new picture. It's a picture that starts to make sense. It's a picture that brings gratefulness to us. You know, and then it goes on. Verse 14, it says, For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. He's understanding. He's understanding of our frailties. He's understanding of our state of being, you know. Um, And our days on the earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been. But the love of the Lord remains forever to those who fear him. I just remember when I was a lot younger and my time at school had ended. And I was back in Bombay for a year. You know, my next steps, I had no clue what they were. I was kind of having a really <laughs> kind of hard time. I didn't like what I was doing. didn't like where I was at. I'm really suffering in some ways, in my own personal way. You know, I, I didn't know where I was going. And so I couldn't see a future. Uh, but it was during that time 
where, and this was a little bit of a battle, so it wasn't perfect, but there were days where I decided to, to press into God and really press into what he was doing and, um, and just trying to be faithful uh, to him, you know. Um, and it wasn't perfect, but it was through that time where God showed me a level of his grace and he took me from where I was and just started to move in my life as I pressed into him. Um, and it was over the years as I look back, I can see that he's taken me step by step because I've stayed the course with him over the years, and I've definitely not been perfect. I've had so many detours, but the fact is I always came back on the path, right? And I came back, and I'm, I'm staying the course and pressing in because I know, hey, if, 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 if we want to be satisfied, there's only one person and being that can make it happen because he's created us that way. So I can, I can go mess around, I can go do other things, but it's pointless because at the end of the day, it's a dead end. It's a dead end. And, and so I just, you know, I just want, I want to encourage you guys to stay the course. Hey, if you mess up, trust him. He is faithful. If you're going through a hard time, if you're going through a hard season, a hard patch, he is faithful. He is faithful and just. He is there for you. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. Go back to him. Come to him, all who are weary, heavy laden, right? And I will bring you rest, right? Stay the course. Stay the course. Ultimately, it's only in him that we will see satisfaction and find satisfaction. You know, you know that verse, Psalm 23, right? Most, most of us know it. We've heard it over and over again, right? But even though you walk, you know, let's go, go from the top. and says, he will lead you by the still waters, by the green pastures. He will restore your soul. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because his rod and his staff, they comfort you. So his grace is sufficient to overshadow every problem, every difficulty, every issue. Every tear he sees. Every tear he sees. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, some of you guys know him. He's like a Christian theologian. He was back in the day, and, and he wrote this. And his, his language is kind of funky here, but, you know, we'll, we'll just do it, and we'll just read through it. And he was saying, so Charles Spurgeon was writing home one evening after a heavy day's work, and he felt very weary and depressed when suddenly, as a lightning flash, the scripture came to his mind and said, My grace is sufficient for thee, he writes. I reached home and looked up in the original, and at last it came to me in this way. My grace, my grace is sufficient for thee. This is capital. And I said, I should think it is, Lord, and then burst out laughing. And I never fully understood the holy laughter of Abraham was until then. It seemed... To make unbelief so absurd, it was as though some little fish, being very thirsty, were troubled about drinking the river dry. And Father Thames said, drink away, little fish, my stream is sufficient for thee. Or it seemed like a mouse in the granaries of Egypt after the seven years of plenty, fearing it might die of famine. 
Joseph might say, cheer up, little mouse. My granaries are sufficient for thee. Again, I imagine a man away up yonder in a lofty mountain saying to himself, I breathe so many cubic feet of air every year, I felt I should exhaust the oxygen in the atmosphere. But the earth might say, breathe away, O man, and fill my, thy lungs ever. My atmosphere is sufficient for thee, O brethren, be great believers. And this is referring to God's grace, just the amount of grace that he has towards. So I'm just going to say rest in that grace. We're so busy working away sometimes, you know, rest in his grace and truly seek to understand rest in his grace. You know, a couple of things. I know you guys know most of this, but, you know, his grace is undeserved, right? We don't deserve it. I love the story of the prodigal son, my favorite story, one of my favorite stories. I have many favorite stories. But here he is, and we're all prodigals. We're all prodigals in this room. I'm a prodigal too, right? We're all prodigals. And so here he is. He goes off because he thinks he knows better, right? Runs away from his father's house because he's bored or something like that. And he goes off, and he does whatever he wants in the world, right? And he goes from this rich kid with an inheritance to a pauper, right, with pigs, right? All because he thought he knew better. But the the powerful point of the story here is what happens at the end, where when he realizes his depravity, he realizes where he's at, and he finally comes to a place where he's humble enough to run back and come back home. And his fathers are just waiting with arms wide open, you know. So God's always there. This is a constant thing. So instead of us turning away and running the other way when we sin or when we have periods in our lives of not listening to God, you know what he's saying to you. I know most of you do. He's pricking your heart on some things, right? He's saying, hey, Let this be surrender on this part. You know, give it up to me or stop doing this. Because it's not about the rules here, in essence. It's really about God's heart towards you. And he tells you to stop something because he loves you, you know. So it's not by works, but by grace. Ephesians 2, 8. And I'll read the NLT. It's a little easier. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So God has no obligation to show us grace, but he does anyways. This is how awesome he is, right? This is how awesome our God is. He has no obligation at all to do anything for us, but he does it anyway. You know, grace also represents loyalty. They call them grace words because they're words that reflect the grace of God. And one of the things that God is to us is he's loyal. You know, he's, he's always there. He's seeking us out. He's never forsaken us. He's always there. We have no hope when we're lonely. He's there. And I would say press into him. Press into him. Let him meet your needs because that's where your needs are going to be met. If you run off to other things, and if we, if we run off constantly.
other things, we leave no room for God. Press into him and he will meet your needs and then you will be able to give out of fullness to others. You know, we read this verse earlier. His grace is sufficient in weakness. Our culture, all the cultures of the world, everywhere we go, every movie, well, not every movie, but a lot of the movies we watch, right, always lauding strength, always, right? But God here is saying he's almost lauding weakness. He's saying my grace is sufficient in weakness. You know, my grace is sufficient in weakness. You know, what that means is we, when we're weak, we come to him and lay ourselves down at his feet and surrender to him and allow him to do the work he needs to do in our lives. You've got to allow him to do the work he needs to do. We've got to humble ourselves and come before him and just lay down and let him do what he needs to do in our lives. Uh, 2 Corinthians you know, 8, 7 says, but he gives them more grace. And that is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. You know, there were times where I thought that he would smite me for every wrong word I said or every weird thing I did. You know, I thought he would smite me for that. Like, boom, kill, you know. But I've discovered, you know, God is really slow to anger, Right? And this is the thing that I've come to appreciate about God and my relationship with him is just how gracious he really is. And because I've grown in that understanding of that, I am now able to love him deeper. I I know that side of him more and I'm able to love him more, you know. And so I just, yeah, yeah. So when you are weak, just press into him. Press into him. And be careful with your heart. Be careful with your heart. Um, I think it's one of the Proverbs that says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Right? Another version would say, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. And these these are words that... Vigilance, and there's another version that uses diligence. These are words that are serious words. They're not to mess around with. It's, it's not, it is, it is something that requires hard work. It's something that requires persistence. It's something that requires constant attention. So keep your heart, you know, keep your heart in truth. Keep your heart from bitterness. Don't let it control you. He wants you free. Keep your heart from lust. Keep your heart from fear. Don't let pride control you. Because he wants you to be free. And we are freest when we follow him. When we make tough choices and follow him. That's when we are freest. That's what, you know, I, I think for me as well, I, you guys probably, you know, 
seen this and know this already, but for me, I, you know, sometimes it was just a, well, don't do this, don't do that, right? But I think what God was saying is, is that, hey, there's a fence here to protect us, and that's when we're freest, right? There's wolves out there. There's things out there, you know. We're freest when we are in his protection, his love. I'm going to read Romans 6 here. And we're just going to read through it again, okay? Now, it says, sin's power is broken. Actually, I'm going to bring that up a little later. Like I said earlier, a lot of times we go through lives and we build up walls, and we don't even realize we build up these walls. And we get scarred, we get hard in our lives. You know, we get hard. It's hard. And so it's hard to receive. Also, there's pride sometimes, right? And we find it hard to receive pride when we have pride in our hearts. So if we don't receive it, we can't fully go out in the confidence that we were meant to in God. We can't fully go out in the confidence we were meant to in God if we don't receive His grace. There's, I know there's some of you here. I don't know a lot of people here. I know some. But I know there's some of you here who are having a hard time receiving God's forgiveness in certain areas. Man, I just know he's forgiven you. And he's taken your sins as far as the east is from the west. So let it go. Just let it go. He's forgiven you. So receive it. Don't punish yourself when he's given you his grace. Receive it and appreciate it. And walk in all that he has for you. Receive it. Love him. Appreciate it. And walk in all that he has for you. Don't allow guilt and condemnation to cause you to act out with more sin and isolation from God, the only one who can bring freedom. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Secondly, we can offer to others. You know, it says in James... Uh, no, it's not James. It says, each of you should do, use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. You know the illustration, many of you guys know this again, the illustration of a stagnant pool, right? Has a lot coming in, a little going out, and that's where pools get stagnant, right? God's created us not to be stagnant pools. When we receive, give out, give out. Keep giving out. That's when there's a healthy pool. And uh, I love this. Like, so Paul's talking. I love Paul because he's a perfect example to me of how you should be in God. And this guy went through everything. He was persecuted, right? He was condemned. He was spit upon. He was bound. He was a prisoner. But I never hear him moaning. I never hear him saying, well, 
you know, God, but I've done all this stuff, right? I've been faithful to you. I've preached a thousand sermons. I've healed the sick. I've done all this stuff, but I'm in prison here? Why me? Are you faithful? I never hear him saying that. Not once. He was an amazing example to all of us. So I'm just going to read from Acts 20. And it says, he's talking to a church here. And he says, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public from house to house, testifying both to Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I'm coming to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit testifies to me that in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. So, here he is, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, hey, everywhere you go, you're going to be in prison, and there's going to be affliction that comes your way. And Paul's like, I know. He knows that, and his goal is not to shrink back. His goal is to charge forward, because he knows his satisfaction lies in God alone. So, regardless of the difficulty, he trusts God enough to know that God's going to be there. There's the other Acts story, which many of you guys know, where he's in prison with Silas. And not only is he in prison, but some of the historical documents say that he's in the middle of the prison where where all this stuff, the drainage, flows to. So the poop and the pee came right there, right? And there he is, and it's him and Silas, and they start praising God and singing his praises. (laughs) that's pretty crazy right he's imprisoned he's been beaten probably and they praise him and then an earthquake comes about and instead of Paul and Silas running free they they cause all of the prisoners to wait and hold tight it's like I'd probably be out of there honestly you know (laughs) But he, he has a bigger picture. He's a bigger picture of God and what God wants to do in that situation. So he hangs around. Because he probably knows that if he runs away, the, pris, the prison guard and the guy leaving the prison, something might happen. Maybe. So he hangs around. And after that, the guy who's imprisoned him, instead of bear, having bitterness towards him and... You know, taking that out on him, he sticks around and leads him and his family to God. This is the view God had. And then when we think, you know, in perspective, our issues and our problems sometimes don't come close. Yet we choose to shrink back. We choose to run away. Here's the thing. Our satisfaction is in God when we know that. When we get that it can only be found in God alone, regardless of the circumstance, that's when we start to press through to something new, right? Regardless of the circumstance. Oftentimes we think and, and we just get afraid in our minds. It's like, gosh, what will happen to me? You know, if I do this or that, and we get insecure. But the reality is we have Jesus. If we have him, we have everything we need. Everything. 
And then he goes on to say in verse 24, but I do not account my life of any value, no precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel, the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom of God will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God in which he has obtained with his own blood. Then he goes on to say a few more things. And he says, be alert, remembering For three years I did not cease night or day to admonish you and everyone with tears. He laid it all out. And now I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know these hands ministered to my necessities and those who were with me. In all things, I've shown that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus and how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive, and it applies to every area of our life. The problem sometimes is, and I've experienced this too in my own life, where... If we get insecure, then we want to protect. You know? If we're not sure about our future, if we want to protect instead of letting go, right? Instead of living with open hands to Him. And giving doesn't just apply to, it does apply financially, but it's, it's in every area. Every area. Thirdly, we don't misuse or abuse it. So why would we want to do that, Right? God's amazing grace, he's given it to us. Think of the most amazing, generous friend or person that you respect who has just poured out their hearts and their lives to you. Just think about that for a second. They've given it all to you. And instead of treating them with respect and love, we take advantage of them over and over and over and over again. Why would you want to hurt this friend that you love so much? You know, and it's so, in some ways, it's insanity to keep grieving his heart. And then that's, that's where Romans 6 comes in and says, Well, then, should we keep on sinning that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten then when we were joined to Christ Jesus in baptism? We joined him in his death, for we died and were buried with him in baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives Since we have united with him in death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our sinful old selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose his power in 
it, its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now he lives and he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God. Christ Jesus. It says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? Of course not. Do you realize that you became the slave of whatever you choose, you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves to sin, but now you're wholeheartedly obeying this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. His grace will help us overcome. And lastly, we walk it out. We realize who we are in Him. We realize who He is and who we are in Him. You know, grace results in fearlessness and power because you know what He is, that He's taken your sin and He has your back and you can go forth lighter and in power. You don't have to be condemned anymore because it's not based on your good works. And, and I feel like there's this, there's this thing that it's often that condemnation comes in and it's a huge barrier. Remember, God convicts. He doesn't condemn. He convicts and he doesn't condemn. He's here for you. So when you feel convicted over something you've done or something you're in the process of doing, Run to Him. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.